మెకానికల్ ఇంజనీరింగ్ చదువుకున్న శ్రీ కన్నన్ సుందరం ప్రసిద్ధ తమిళ రచయిత సుందర రామస్వామి గారి కుమారుడు కాలచివడు పబ్లికేషన్స్ అనే సంస్థను నాగర్కోయిల్ పట్టణంలో స్థాపించి గత పాతికేళ్లుగా విజయవంతంగా నిర్వహిస్తున్నారు ఇప్పటిదాకా వెయ్యికి పైగా పుస్తకాలను ప్రచురించారు తమిళ సాహిత్యానికి ఆయన చేసిన సేవలకు గుర్తింపుగా అనేక అవార్డులు అందుకున్నారు రెండు వేల ఇరవై ఒకటో సంవత్సరంలో ఫ్రాన్స్ ప్రభుత్వం ఆయనకు షెవాలియర్ అవార్డును ప్రదానం చేసింది ఈ సంభాషణలో భాగంగా పుస్తక ప్రచురణ గురించి పుస్తకాలను పాఠకులకు దగ్గరగా చేర్చడం గురించి ప్రచురణ రంగంలో వస్తున్న అనేక మార్పుల గురించి యువతకు పుస్తకాలపై ఆసక్తి గురించి మాట్లాడారు ఈ సంభాషణ ఇంగ్లీష్లో పాడ్కాస్ట్ చేయడం జరుగుతోంది గుడ్ ఈవినింగ్ కన్నన్ సార్ వెల్కమ్ టు అవర్ పాడ్కాస్ట్ హర్షణీయం గుడ్ ఈవినింగ్ యువర్ ఏ గ్రాడ్యుయేట్ ఇన్ మెకానికల్ ఇంజనీరింగ్ అండ్ ఆఫ్టర్ గ్రాడ్యుయేషన్ యూ ఎంటర్డ్ ఇన్ టు యువర్ ఫ్యామిలీ బిజినెస్ ఐ బిలీవ్ దట్ ఈస్ టెక్స్టైల్స్ నౌ ఆఫ్టర్ ట్వంటీ ఎయిట్ ఇయర్స్ యూ రన్ వన్ ఆఫ్ ది మోస్ట్ సక్సెస్ఫుల్ ఇండిపెండెంట్ పబ్లిషింగ్ హౌసెస్ దట్ ఈస్ కాలచివడు పదిపగం from nagarkoil interestingly not from chennai that's so and uh, you have introduced many new and young writers to tamil in fact uh, one of the writers uh, that you have introduced perumal murugan his book is uh, shortlisted for booker this year ah that's true but uh, perumal murugan is not writer i introduced uh, he started writing before the publication started but we met along the way and then we have been traveling together and uh, one more writer is uh, salma i guess yeah salma came to writing through kalachoda that's true so how did it all happen so the first part of being a engineering graduate so i should say that uh, that's uh, only a formality I, i don't think i learned any real engineering i, I am what you can call a engineering useless graduate so my my interest uh, since i was my teenage has been with the print media and i started reading both tamil and english magazines newspapers uh, since let us say from my 11th age or 12th age and uh, that created a lot of interest in this uh, journalism from so when i finished my schooling i should have gone to learn something about journalism but in those days you know those we didn't either there were no such courses or we had no such awareness the usual question is that you know you might also know that that they ask you is that are you going to be a doctor or an engineer so since medicine was out of question i thought you know also it was time to leave home for some years and i decided to take up engineering course in bangalore and i went to bangalore and so since bangalore was a quite a developing metropolitan city it was a good place for me to learn on my own about print media all the magazines were available newspapers were available in bangalore not only indian magazines but also international magazines there are some good libraries i spent a lot of time in british council library probably more than my college and um, so yeah so that gave me an awareness of what a print magazine can be so in tamil we had this tradition of small magazines that is those magazines that are very consciously small in number and they try try to create an impact that started in 1959 with a magazine called elth uh, so these magazines they focus on literature and you know sometimes in translation sometime folk art sometime sociology theater whatever may be their passion they were small in number but they tried to create an impact within the culture on on their area of interest lot of these magazines were mostly literary magazines trying to let us say create a new poetry in tamil or a focus on short stories or on translations how to translate and so many you know articles on literature literary criticism 
and but i was i was a reader of those magazines in the current times i was reading but also a reader of those back volumes bound volumes you know from the earliest magazine i went through them and i thought there is a need to create a serious magazine that is much more than a what a small magazine will publish small magazines i felt the framework was a little limited and there was possibility to do much more outside that framework that came from my exposure i had in bangalore with the media my father uh, as you know is a writer but he in 1980s he wanted to create a impact in the tamil world of ideas and literature and he was encouraging many people around him to start a magazine because the small magazine movement that started in 1959 was sort of losing steam in the 80s and so he was encouraging constantly people around him to start a magazine and some magazine did come about but they also didn't continue and i think you know as a final act of desperation 1988 he launched his own magazine that was called achod uh, he brought about eight numbers and then he felt that you know that um, he is probably not the right person to run a magazine and it that it was also not it was also having a negative impact on him as a writer and so after eight issues quarterly he wound up the magazine and by 1989 i think i came back to nagarkoil by the time the magazine was already over but uh, so he wanted to you know there are some pending subscriptions some accounting issues and all that so <clears throat> to clear all that he decided to publish a final annual number and clear, clear up all the accounts i was part of that process of publishing that number which finally came out in 1991 so that was the first time that you know something using the modern technology dtp technology digital printing offset printing offset printing that was how it was printed so that was quite new to tamil in 1991 um, but that gave me an exposure of all these technologies uh, they were not available in nagarkoil but we traveled to chennai or wherever they were available and did that work um, that was my let's say first exposure with that but um so by 1993 i had i had sort of you know proved to myself and probably to my family that i can run this business of the family business of textiles profitably so then i thought it is time to talk to my father about my passion of running a magazine and so he was non committal i think he was not very enthused about the idea but he didn't want to stop me uh, he formally changed the magazine of kalachod to my name by registering it and then he left it at that so again it was started as a quarterly um the same name but a completely different format and so the magazine came out very well it was very well received it created a good impact immediately and we also sort of even as a quarterly we tried to market the magazine in magazine stalls which was not the case for small magazine they will only send subscribers and a very limited number of bookshops but we thought we should take it further and we started marketing the magazine to the bookshops with cover in multicolor printing and all that and after 4 or 5 years we made it to a bimonthly magazine then after 10 years we made it to a monthly magazine this still, still continues to be a monthly magazine as far as the content of the magazine is concerned have you made any changes to the content so like i said you know the content of the magazine was we didn't call it a small magazine very consciously from the beginning of our journey we started to use use a more term similar to a serious magazine because we didn't we didn't decided to be a small magazine we wanted to make it as big as possible but not dilute the content so our content was uh, of course literature literary criticism lot of discussions on all aspects of society and we were also open to publishing anything that is that is sound and interesting for example 
one of the very successful things we did very early was that we published a, a long interview with the migrant worker, uh, a woman who will go to wherever construction is happening, a dam here or a highway there. And so what is her life like? That is not something that will either come into a popular magazine's purview or even a small magazine's purview. So those are things that we try to uh, do in our magazine. And so it was very well received immediately. And uh, around that time, you know, by 1995, we also felt that my father was by then, I'll say, 64, 65 years old. And uh, he had a very, he had a publisher who was very high quality publisher. But uh, he kept only one or two of his titles in print at any given time. Not very good, let's say, in marketing or in those aspects. So he was also getting impatient to get all his titles in print, also to write more and see them in print. And the pace at which the publisher was publishing was not encouraging to him at all. So we just thought of why not now that, you know, one of the reasons that we could do from Nagarkoil itself was that by then DTP technology had come into the picture. So that means we could com- uh, compose the magazine wherever we are and then send it to a press where it can be printed. We didn't have to be near the press. We can do the proofing. We can do the final layout. And then send it to the press. So that the technology that made this possible. Now that we are familiar with the technology, why not publish his books and make them available to the readers? So we started this pub- publications. I started this publications in 1995. And the first titles, both of them, Sundar Ramasamy, his first novel, Urpuliya Martin Kadai, and his uh, complete collection of poetry, 107 poems. So they were both published in 1996. Again, they were quite, quite well received. But at this point, my business was textiles. This was like a hobby, something that I did in my own time. So in 1998, um, we brought out four books. Sundar Ramasamy's uh, third novel, the last novel. And then we also published uh, about 400-page collection of uncollected works of Putmir Pitta, who passed away in 1948. But by 1998, we had, through our crossover magazine and also working with our friends, we had discovered about 400 unpublished, uncollected pages. Some of them unpublished, some of them loosely in magazines, but not collected into a volume. So there was a lot of interest in Putmir Pitta, which we discovered when we published these items in our magazine, there was a huge response from readers. So we put them together as a book. And like this, you know, four books we published in 1998. And I think that that event, which was widely reported in the press, very widely reported. In fact, uh, a Delhi newspaper called Dinamani, so probably one of the oldest papers in Tamil. It's an Indian Express Group Tamil paper. They published the report with four photographs in the front page. Front page? In the front page. Carrying on into the inner page. And many magazines, uh, the reason was that, though nobody realized it, that we had tapped onto something that was brewing in Tamil culture. We, didn't, we had no idea that we are going to do something very momentous. We just traveled from Nagargoil to Chennai, booked a hall, and went to the bookstore. But when we reached there, we realized that the, the thing was jam-packed. People were, all the chairs were full, standing space was full. People are overflowing into the hall and some of them were standing in the staircases trying to get it. And on those four titles within the morning two, two and a half hours, though we were completely unprepared for this, we didn't have the people to do this, we sold books for nearly 50,000 rupees. So all the important writers were there, publishers were there, media people were there. So everybody realized that something is happening here. Everybody gained some confidence that, you know, that something momentous has happened. And so I think that gave a sort of a boost to the entire publishing industry. So that is not all planned, not all anticipated either, but it turned out that way. It, and obviously it gave us a lot of energy. The, also gave us money, the possibility of, you know, bringing back money and reinvesting in the books. And also create a brand name for the 
publishing house and the magazine almost immediately within 2 3 years as a major force we though we at that time we didn't even have 10 titles in our list and around uh, the time you know then then we also moved past sundaramana swami and started publishing good quality editions of modernist tamil writers which we carried on for the next 4 or 5 years before we came to publish contemporary writing so that's how we started it started with uh, father's books publishing father's books and then moved on to publishing other modernist writers you know what do you call you know classical writers of 20th century and then we also then moved on to contemporary writing contemporary so when you came into contemporary writing um, obviously there has to be a process where you decide what type of books that you are going to publish yeah um how do you select which books to publish and uh, can you take us through that process of selecting a book to publish so initially it was easy like i said we were already we were focusing on classics so we didn't have to ask anybody they were accepted writers great writers so we went on to publish some of their works so every time we pick a writer what we did was right from the beginning that we will do a thorough research on the writer go through all the magazines he wrote discover what has not been collected see if there is anything unpublished available so work on that for 2 3 years and then we come when we come out with an edition it will be an authentic complete edition so that kind of brand we were creating right from the beginning uh, first we published a very important writer called g nagarajan so when we came out with this edition it was complete edition of g nagarajan it was very well edited very very produced very well proofread and a reader can carry it proudly and read it with authenticity without being worried about is this correct or not so well edited volumes so that is so those created names for us so when the year 2000 came we realized that in every field of tamil and you know in all fields of technology everywhere people were having these conferences where they were taking assessment of the last 100 years in their own field so we thought why not do that for tamil industry and by 1997 98 internet also came to nagarkoil that means we started getting small way connected to the world through emails again already of course uh, telephone technology was uh, you know completely expanding in a very huge manner and so we moment we without reeling is we had started this magazine and the publishing at a time when things were happening in india it was post liberalized economy post telephone telephone telephonic communication revolution huge things happening in publishing technology printing technology all that was happening in the 1990s when we came into and of course those things all played in our favor as we grew so in 2000 we organized an international tamil conference for three days in chennai with the two parallel sessions completely with private funding no government support at all either state or central government so that was organized in chennai that means immediately we our network expanded to an international scale because tamils were there in sri lanka singapore malaysia they all came and because of the civil war in sri lanka there was a huge immigrant population across the globe they also came to the conference that means our network also immediately including into the tamil world but at a, on a international um scale so that is that is again second most important development the third thing i would say is that around that conference happened we also realized another release another eight books uh, the day before the conference started again good response and so 2002 january for the first time we came to chennai book fair and took up a stand same year in february my friend invited me to come and display at the take a stand at the uh, world book fair in new delhi he said you come you can stay with me and we will do this together so i went to delhi immediately so january i am in chennai february i am in delhi so that was another completely mind blowing exposure for me to be in delhi pagadi uh, maita to look at the book fair there in happening in 12 halls then and to see books in 26 languages in one space and you know and all those uh, international stalls things happening so walking around looking at stuff huge learning experience 
so that the, the that exposure brought me into a sort of a national level of understanding of publishing and through the new delhi from what i learned in new delhi through the contacts i developed in new delhi then i had the opportunity to go to frankfurt in 2007 so that is how this various aspects of this journey happened if a new book comes which is yet to be published right what is the process how do you evaluate how good the book is what is the total process before you decide that okay this is publish worthy okay okay so um, so what i am saying going to say is that what how i work this is not recommendation for how others should work <laughs> because i am not trying to promote a successful business model here just because it worked just because it worked for uh, because it worked for me this is not going to work for somebody else that because i come from a unique background you know i had a huge figure like my father backing me up there was a lot of social capital in the name of sundar ramaswami and uh, it was a hobby for me not my breadwinning proposal uh and so like several reasons like that you know i could make my own decisions and this may or may not be duplicatable to other languages or regions or even within tamil so this is not a recommendation and this is not a challenge to do it this way to any other person who wants to start a publishing house we just going to say what how why i work the first thing is till now from then to now on what i do is that, what i don't do is that i don't decide a manuscript on whether it will sell or not so that marketing that marketing team or marketing part of the publishing will never enter into the editorial process so this is something that we follow as far as i know that no other publishing company successful company follows this model everybody has a very important take a stake on the saleability of the book which is also very important but we don't do that uh, so again like i said i'm not recommending this but this is how we work and um, and we will pub of course we are known as a literary publishing house but we also publish books on uh, research on some aspects of academics grammar medicine psychology theater poetry science so if a good tamil books comes from to me from any field i don't say no to it i don't check to see how much will this book sell is it is it worth the time and effort we put into the book we don't go by those scales there are of course books that we will be selling lot and making money on but if a new book is coming let us say on a new field let us, uh, because as you know in many of our languages when people go into an level of expertise they lose touch with the mother tongue so let us say now tomorrow yet biologist comes to me and says i am a very leading biologist but i can write in tamil so shall i write about my field into tamil let us say i write about genetics in tamil i will say please go ahead we will publish it i have published a book nearly 20 years ago on learning chinese through tamil <laughs> because somebody came and told me no i i was in beijing i have learned some chinese and i can write this book as a go ahead and then after that that same person came to me with a book on translated is translation of ancient chinese poetry and we worked and published the book we realized that the first time from chinese to tamil a book has come directly in all history of two ancient civilizations the first time as book has come directly so you know this is how we work when something new interesting idea comes up first take it up you know take it up let us do it and let's see where it leads sometimes it might surprise you with a good sale actually the book on chinese through tamil sold quite well because we realized lot of students are going from india to china to learn medicine and the travel agents they all packed one one of these copies of this book with them you know take this book with you <laughs> as you land in the airport <laughs> you know you can make a few noises in chinese take this book so it was 30 rupees at that time so they bought copies and gave it to all these students when you say book sold well mm. what are the number of copies that we are looking at so when you when you publish a book on say chinese through tamil you don't expect any sales at all so if it sells 1000 copies you are surprised oh. 
so so right. that that, yeah. is, that is an important thing you know to publish something that is completely new yeah and then so that's that's how we have been working until today when i take up a book i don't i don't consider sales to uh, as a aspect i think it has worked for me i think it has worked for me and but what we do what we do is that once we accept the book then we will edit it properly it will make it accessible to the readers we will package it there is an interesting subject on which a new book is coming to you right and you say that okay this is a new theme nobody has dealt with whether it's economics or genetics or whatever it is again the quality of the content yeah yeah so that is something that's something that we refer it you know we find a person who is an expert yeah. in that area through our yeah. network somebody we yeah. can trust maybe sometimes even two people at a time right recently right. we published a book a couple of books on economics so then we give it to an economist we know and see ask him to refer it refer the book refer the translation um so and then we publish that book so now to publish a, a sound book on economics in tamil yeah and that is a huge step for a language you know it creates new words correct in tamil for economics yeah and to publish a book is very important that the importance of the book goes beyond the sales that is what i feel when you publish a book in tamil on economics modern economics the importance of the book goes beyond the sales of the book in one sense so then we have to do it and then once we take up that work then we you know on the cover design to make the book accessible to edit it well to give it a very attractive title to attractive cover to market the book well all that we do very commercially except the additional publishing then the whole thing will take into a every aspect of you know to market the book in every way possible to us through social media through book fairs uh through our magazine in every way possible through organizing meetings we will market try our best to market the book so those are two things. so just because saying that you know we don't sit relax in a chair saying that we have published a great book now let the readers come and discover it so i, I don't i don't know we have to take it to the readers i believe in taking the book to the reader in every way possible taking the information about the book to the reader and making the book easily accessible to the reader the reader wants to buy a book there should be no difficulty for him he can go to a website and order it he can go to amazon order it he can order from the near he can go to the nearest bookshop and find it he can he can download uh, the ebook and read it immediately on the same day we release the published print book we'll do the ebook as well and when the opportunity comes up we will do an audio book so every way possible we want to make the book accessible to the reader we don't want the reader to come to us we don't want the reader to find the book make an effort to do the book walk 5 kilometers you know show his interest or nothing of that sort take the book to the reader in every way possible so that is another aspect of the uh, that we take marketing very very seriously so it's publisher's responsibility to see to it that it reaches the reader's hands i, I think absolutely absolutely, absolutely. The writers need not do any of that job if they don't want to yeah. it is our job to do that all that okay when a new book comes mm-hmm. what is your major channel of communication to the reader that uh, the book has come and uh, of course you have to talk about the content of the book as well to the reader right how do you do that yeah yeah of course social media is one channel our own magazine is a channel what is the circulation of the magazine today across i think it sells across the world if i am right yeah so so it's only not only a print magazine now we have also for several years it's also an online magazine with subscription right the you know, number of copies number of readers may be more because one copy may be read by many it's also going to libraries right. across the right. state in uh, public libraries also schools and colleges right. libraries that means the readership okay. will be more but i will say 10000 people subscribe it in different formats in as a print magazine or buy a copy individually subscribe online or read through maxter and you know all those formats so let's say 10000 yeah so when it comes to the question of uh, publishing books on fiction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you have any preference as to what kind of uh, you know books that you want to content wise what kind of books that you would be interested in kalachudu would be interested in publishing fiction we publish only good quality fiction we don't do any commercial fiction at all 
right how do you differentiate sir between commercial fiction and by by reading the text by reading the text yeah the motivation of the text can be very it can be very it is always very transparent what is the motivation of the writer also that you know that um, if somebody wants to involve themselves in commercial writing it is very unlikely they'll send a manuscript to us because our brand is quite well known so it's only a theoretical possibility some bad books might come to us which we will reject but somebody who wants to be a successful commercial writer i don't think they will ever send a manuscript to us now you said uh, regarding this uh, mm-hmm. taking the book to the reader uh, of course the major channel of communication yeah. is your magazine and also what is the role of this book fair sir how vibrant is the book fair culture in uh, tamil nadu so when um, when i first went to chennai book fair 2002 it was a very modest small affair so it was an open ground in a open space two rows uh, you know shops you know in a square square side maybe a hundred stalls so between the stalls the uh, sky was open the open sky you know so if it rains it'll rain on the path kind of that only the shops will be protected and uh, it happened usually in ja- mid january you know first week of january uh, they were aiming at the pongal holidays and it was 10 10 days book fair i think um, the book fair might have started uh, somewhere in um 1978 or 79 i'm not very sure so around that time the 25th year of the book fair came in 2004 or something like that five or something so using that number of 25 there was a very dynamic publisher who was the president of the association at that time he went to every media house in chennai and promoted it as saying that the 25th anniversary he has to give us some coverage and the media gave some coverage and that means you know huge crowds started pouring into the book fair it was it was held in the grounds of a college in central chennai such huge crowds came the college said next year you can't have the book fair here there's too much for us to handle so then they had to go and find a special place and that was the first time the book fair really stepped up into the public imagination when book fair made news so from then on the media continues at covering the book fair um and when the crowds are coming in the politicians got interested so the government got interested so that they, they, they said something here happening so we also have to you know show our face there and so the government took some interest so they will come and visit or do some stuff and finally a few years back they also started giving some money to the book fair four five years ago slowly the book fair has become a the major event in tamil publishing industry's calendar people are coming from all over the world now to the chennai book fair from all other people are coming tamil sa kame writers come book publishers come local cultural figures they come it's a meeting place it's a place to buy books so it, it has uh, so as the book fair grew tamil publishing industry also grew because chennai book fair became a way by which a publisher who has ideas but no capital can become a publisher through chennai book fair in the sense that you can publish a book in december or in january and make some money immediately through chennai book fair and repay your press bills that means you sort of you can either publish without much capital or you can publish more than what your capital can actually publish so chennai book fair became a sort of a spine of the tamil book publishing industry and i think the industry has grown around the chennai book fair when that became very successful a few other book fair also happened like in erode and coimbatore madurai over the years now this year the last year the government has made the official policy to hold a book fair in every district that means at any given time in the year two or three book fairs are happening somewhere in the state so i think all this has brought a lot of dynamism into the book industry the numbers uh, numbers are not very big even now numbers are not very big um but i think it is it's a very 
um, dynamic industry. It's a growing industry. And uh, that is the reason for optimism in Tamil publishing now. And uh, I think Tamil is not a portion where it is worried about its existence now. It's a very confident language that, you know, we have a place uh, and people love the language. There are enough people who can speak and read the language. And uh, it is not going to, we are not worried that it's going to die or be destroyed, you know, in, at any time soon. So, and it's also an international language. So, I think it's a time when many of us are feeling confident about the language, culture and its future. Sir, one more channel of communication with the reader about books is the traditional media, magazines and TV and all. So, Tamil media gives very little space to the book culture. It's all taken up. Culture is, culture in Tamil means 98% Tamil movie culture. Okay. Let us say 90, 95% movie culture and 4% the other art forms like dance or Carnatic music. Okay. And publishing may get like something like 1%. Okay. So we can't depend on that space to survive as an industry. Right. We have to create our own, uh, find our own media, find our own ways to reach the reader. We get very little support from the mass media in informing the readers of new books. I'm not saying it's not that. There is a lot of interest, especially around the Chennai book fair. But, and let us say when Sagitya Academy is announced, there is some attention. Okay. But it is, it is not, you know, it's not that there is no magazine, let's say, that will allow two or three pages in every issue for book reviews. Even daily daily newspapers, they don't do it, sir, in Tamil? They do it. They do it in a very small way. Okay. Not enough. Not enough. Not, not not enough to match the dynamism of the industry. Okay. The size of the industry, the dynamism of the industry, the dynamism of our, of our number of ideas that we create, the dynamism of the creativity that we bring out every year. There is no comparison there. If, if what we require is a, a spreadsheet of on books every week, we get half page, half page every week. In some, some, some dailies, in some dailies. What is the state of literary criticism in uh, Tamil, sir? Um, I think um, after the arrival of social media, yeah. um, I think criticism seems to have taken a beating. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. You don't see very serious criticism like we used to before the before we were all linked through social media. I think now people are really hesitant to do that because there's always this pushback, you know, negative comments, responses, and personal enmity. Everybody knows everybody else through social media. So some, something new is happening. We'll have to wait and see how this is going to take shape. Um, but right now, I'll say there's not a time for literary criticism in Tamil. See, I think there is, there is, there is a space for, uh, you know, to share your views openly in social media. But you have to you have to be ready for the pushback, for the responses. Because people who don't agree, they will also share their views openly. So you, you have to take it, you know. You don't have to you don't have to necessarily respond to it, but you should be able to take it. And then you can you can engage. But getting into debate on social media can be very draining. I won't advise that for anybody. But uh, you can you can express your views and then leave it at that. But uh, for reasons uh, that uh, people, there are a lot of ways that people introduce books now in social media, but there is no serious criticism, I would say. Now, in the books that you have published, uh, when you have uh, books published in fiction, right, what are the average numbers? If, if you say that finally you feel that it has sold well, right, what are the average numbers? Numbers in what, per year? Uh, yeah, per year, yes. For a new book? For a new book, yes. So I will say if a, if a book, new book sells 1,000 copies in a year, it is a fairly good sales. If it is 2,000 good sales, it's a very good sales. But what we look at is not that 
how many copies do they sell the number uh, the more number of books do they sell in the first year or what but how we are viewing things now is that to create a, a strong list that will stay alive even when it goes to the backlist so uh, if all our books can sell 100 copies per year we have 1200 titles that's huge sales for us right right absolutely so well, i will say that many of our books remain alive okay there are many many titles which will sell 100 copies and new to sell 100 copies per year right, right. with the new technology it is possible for us to produce 100 copies yes. and keep it in print so that is how you view it but there are also books in our list which will sell 4 5000 copies per year when i read about the kind of books that you have published it is not only that you are getting books into tamil from other languages and there are many many published in foreign languages uh, you brought them into tamil right how did it happen and why did you choose to do it like i said when i when i went to new delhi world book fair i had the opportunity to learn about the frankfurt book fair i think that happened in 2004 when frankfurt book fair people came to new delhi book, book fair and put up a consultation space so i went to consult with them then i really i learned about frankfurt and then i had this idea of why not go to frankfurt but i already realized that you know i i mean of course you can take a flight and go to frankfurt but to to make it more meaningful you have to learn more about the how the international publishing industry works so that process began through new delhi world book fair and uh, so the first time um i I was going through the New Delhi World Book for catalog, and there was a entry there called Rights Hall, and I thought you know something about human rights is happening there. So I found some time to get away from my stand, and I went to that hall. So it was not a very active hall. NBT, you know, National Book Trust announces a lot of things, but not necessarily keeps them alive. so it was a empty hall and some some pamphlets were you know piled up on tables so i went and picked a couple of them and i saw a name called rights catalog so i had no idea what does this mean rights catalog then i started checking with my friends in new delhi and they said that you know this, this is a catalog where you select books from your catalog which you want to sell rights to other languages and then you make a catalog for that so that is the first time i realized that books are now having rights you know like not just people so then i started developing a rights catalog for for my publication so that means you have to prepare material in english and when somebody asks for to read the book you should have the english copy of the book available otherwise there's no point in taking putting it in your rights catalog so that, then i started searching for books that have been translated talking to the writers and then i slowly prepared a rights catalog and by 2006 i heard that there is a program in frankfurt called the frankfurt book fair fellowship program where they take international writers on a travel around germany and then bring them to the frankfurt book fair so i applied for the program and then the second time i applied i got the program think till now even very 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 few maybe one or two indian language publishers have gone into the program mostly it is indian english publishers who get selected i was selected in 2007 so then i traveled to frankfurt germany and frankfurt for the first time but i realized that you know there's something very important is happening there it is very exciting so with a lot of difficulty i i continued to travel to frankfurt every year from 2007 onwards so i have not missed the year except for the covid years so that is where you meet all publishers either buy the rights for their books so we have we have brought translation from now over 30 international languages in all these years and then uh, through our rights catalog we also sell rights for tamil books we have published them in uk usa france germany china there is a sufficient interest you mean to say for the books that are so selling selling books is very 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 difficult 
Paying book offers very easy because you give money, they take money, so they are very happy. That is that is. But uh, most of the world languages they have a they have an agency to promote translation of the literature. That is how they work internationally. But India has no such program. Right now, this year, Tamil Nadu government has announced something. It is coming up. You have to wait and see how that works. So, but India generally has no such program. That means very difficult to take Indian writing into the world. But it's because we continue to do that for the last fifteen years, we have had some success. Right. Then after this controversy, Perman Murugan became an international figure. <laughs> That then it's it's easier to sell his books than other writers. Once you sell Parmal Murugan's book, then they might also become more interested in your language. Then the next book can be another writer's book. So that process goes on. It is not easy process, but it is exciting process. Now, if you look back of this uh, three decades, almost three decades of publishing, uh, what do you see as the major differentiator for Kalachwadu? Major differentiator when you compare it to other publishing houses. Ah, uh, so we are. I think probably we are the only publishing house in Tamil uh, who have taken Tamil works beyond Tamil, selling rights to uh, to English, to Malayalam, to Telugu, to Kannada, to Hindi, Bangla, and so many other Indian languages, also international languages. That has been kind of our unique project. Are you getting uh, books translated into Tamil from uh, other southern languages, sir? South Indian languages? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I think um, my feeling is that uh, not just Kalachodu. I would say that more Telugu books would have come to Tamil from Telugu than the other way around. More Kannada books would have come to Tamil than the other way around. More Malayalam books would have come to Tamil than the other way around. So Tamil has been a language that is very open to translations. I can say the same for Bangla definitely, because Bangla only gives; it doesn't take anything from us. And uh, again, Hindi also. So I think this is a very unique aspect of Tamil that people somehow fail to notice because uh, we sort of stand away from the mainstream of Indian nationalism. Very very interesting aspect is that we translate more from the other all other Indian languages. Than they translate from us. Now, when it comes to the readership, right? Uh, there is a notion that uh, now the English medium schools are all pervasive, and uh, people do prefer to read the younger generation. They do prefer to read uh, English than the their own mother tongue. So there are two things. Um, is English being promoted? Yes. Uh, should English be promoted? Again, I will say yes. But uh, should your language, uh, the mother tongue, be promoted along with the English? Again, a very big yes. Is it enough being done to promote our mother tongues along with English? I will say no. Uh, there is much more to be done. Uh, not at the cost of English, but you know, as an addition to um, to English, uh, there is much more can that can be done. And should uh, every student in the state learn that language compulsively? I think they should. They should learn the language compulsorily, and um, but uh, all that is not happening enough. That is true. Um, what our edu- Tamil education system now is doing is that they teach students the alphabets and some kind of reading with the alphabet. That is the limit of the education through formal system right now. I will say that uh, Tamil movie industry has done more to teach Tamil than Tamil schools or colleges. You know, Ilai Raja or uh, or famous comedians, they have taken Tamil more actively than any school or college has done. And of course, I think the so- arrival of internet and social media is a huge boost to all our languages because wherever now you travel in the world, you can continue to keep contact with your culture because you 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 go you're going to america that does not mean that you lose touch with telugu not necessarily you can choose to lose touch with telugu but you're not compelled to lose touch with telugu you can continue to read your paper every day 
um, keep in touch, see what books I have coming out, read them online. So that option is open to you. So that has, I think that's also a very important factor. So there are two things, two myths about the younger generation, which I don't agree at all with. One is that they don't read at all. You know, and that is, of course, complete uh, hogwash. And uh, because uh, no media, no publishing industry survives based on retired people, you know, retired people who are complaining on television and everywhere that extras don't read. We don't publish books for depending on their support because that's a dwindling, fast dwindling population. And um, so that is a myth. And a generation is reading very well. Otherwise, we will not see growth in our lifetime in publishing industry or in the media. Number two is that they, that they don't read Tamil. The one thing I have done for the last 25 years is that every year I sit through Chennai Book Fair from day one to day, last day. So that is my connection with the Tamil reading public. So if you come to my stand at any given time, you will find there are more youngsters than older people in the stand at any time. So huge, in huge numbers, they come to read. But that reading, unfortunately, does not happen through our education system. It happens outside and post our education system. That is an unfortunate fact. If it can happen through our education system, this thing will be even ten big, tenfold bigger. Because our schools do not believe in reading outside textbooks. Our teachers do not believe in that. Our parents do not believe in that. So they all think it's a waste of time. So that, that aspect has to change. So only when after reading, after schooling, or after education is over, when students go into to work in any part of the culture, the publishing industry or media, uh, film industry or mass media or music industry, anywhere, they realize that they don't know anything to work with culture. And then they come back to books. That's that actually that's when after they finish their education, they start reading. That's I will I would say. The influx of technology as far as uh, printed books are concerned. Like now these days, uh, there are e-books and audio books. Mm, where do you think that uh, uh, printing of the book, the physical copy of the book is going? See that when you talk about the future of the book, we have to consider two aspects. What is, what is publishing? What is a publishing house and what is a book? So I will say a publishing house is a place where, you know, where ideas and experience come together. And what is expressed as either in the forms of ideas or as experience gets published. And when you publish a book of ideas, the reader gets an experience reading that book. And when you read a, publish a book of experience, either a memoir or a novel, the reader might also get several ideas reading that book. So there is this, all this happening, you know, all this chemistry happening within a uh, publishing house. And publishing house is a place where, where you provoke ideas and provoke uh, writing. Uh, also facilitate writers and take their books to the to the readers and uh, and publishing house also i think as a job of to give voice to the voiceless aspects of society maybe writers coming from the marginal spaces maybe ideas that are not popular but important and we also have to also publishers are people who who in the most peaceful way possible create social transformation through ideas. And so you, earlier you asked the question about you know commercial, non-commercial things. So two things we focus on in the published books is one is readability, the other is clarity. So when I say clarity, I do not mean simplicity. Uh, and when I say readability, I don't I do not mean uh, commercials. 
so i want to make those uh, differentiations and so that is that is how view we view our um uh, publishing now coming to your question which was about uh, reading so when you come from this space now what we come to that is what is the publisher now we have to see what a book is when you see what a book is i don't see book as a printed object book is the content that we create in the publishing house that's because we published that book let us say as an ebook it does not cease to be a book and it's because it's an audio book it does not cease to be a book and so we have to move change from the concept of book as being in a particular form or in paper or bound to to see that we saw what is a publishing house it is see that that is a content that we create from that publishing house that is the book the content can you know change forms depending on technology and all these technologies i don't think any of them threaten publishing they are all supportive for publishing that is what i have seen in as a publisher so during the covid phase it became very difficult to transport the physical book so e book came at hand and any people everywhere in the world could read a e book sitting in the safety of their own home and you said you there are your friends that who cannot read telugu but they understand telugu for them like your podcast is very helpful the audio book can be very helpful so to for somebody who is visually challenged somebody who is old somebody who travels a lot somebody who can understand but cannot read for all these people they can reach a book through the audio format and for somebody who is working in antarctica can they read a telugu book through a ebook they have a kindle so these are these are huge you know almost magical opportunities nothing short of magic you see that as a great opportunity absolutely yeah. there's no question about that and they all expand the market right it is very completely negative approach to see this as a, a threat that this will threaten the book industry this will so don't see book industry as a book you know printed book industry publishing is not that publishing is a place where you create ideas to you take the ideas to readers in any format possible tomorrow technology might bring in a new format we can be open to that so but practically i have not seen any fall in the number of print books publishing like i said there are more and more and more book fairs happening right now there are three book fairs happening in tamil nadu and there is no lack of crowd in those book fairs with all the technology with all the advancement if you go into paris book fair you will not find place to stand and breathe it is so packed so so that is not going to it does not happen technology does not determine culture that is very important aspect so if there is a strong book culture technology can have an impact on it definitely it can change it but it do not finally determine what is that be determined by the local culture for example technology had more more impact in america but less impact in europe even less impact in asia the difference here is how our culture reacts to technology so those aspects are uh, very important so what i see is that through technology there is a huge opportunity for especially for indian languages more than anybody else it's a very big opportunity for us through through amazon a telugu book can travel can be bought anywhere in india can be bought anywhere in uh, andhra people don't have to travel to hyderabad and come to a famous bookshop to buy a book so those are big big opportunities for us and uh, and a telugu it worker working in calcutta can access a book you know you can go online order a book and read so these are huge opportunities and the people are, you can see the impact of that opportunity that nobody has to lose touch with their culture or community because they are traveling anywhere in the world i think these are very big ma- magical opportunities and not to be not something that you need to be frightened about but you have to un- so let's i think right now as of now i am very positive about the impact of technology on population
your father uh, other than being a very very successful and popular writer of serious fiction poetry or short stories or novels when i read about him he came across as a man who is a very fiercely independent thinker yeah. who used to express yeah. opinions yeah. 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 his world view and his life right his association your mm. association with him how yeah. do you think has changed the way you look at the whole thing see broadly all of us in kalachode the whole team uh, he is a inspiration figure for all of us right and uh, it's not necessary that we we follow by everything he has said or we agree with everything he has said but the basic tenets of you know uh, independence free thinking belief in freedom of expression the passion to take tamil to the world and bring the richness of the world to tamil both indian languages and the international languages and to stand by what you believe in uh not and uh, to try to operate in one sense one sense non commercially so i have to that is a little tricky that because uh, like i said that we make decision non commercially but after we make the decision we do everything commercially possible to success make successful the book so that kind of approach we have but the decisions are made very non commercially to publish a book and to sort of you know uh, to to work and find the rightful place for tamil writers tamil writing in the scheme of tamil culture to you know um to stand independent of politics independent of tamil movie culture tamil mass media culture and find a rightful place for serious tamil writing and the world of ideas so all these this concept i think basically came to all of us by our reading of sundaram sir now there were also you know um, cases where uh, i am referring to the permal murugan's book right it has created a huge controversy now, now what was it all about and uh, what was uh, you know kalichwadu's response to that so permal murugan's controversy was the first time that this became a international affair but we have been facing such issues right from the moment we started oh okay because uh, we don't do any censorship with writing so that is a clear policy we completely respect the right of expression of the writers so there is a very simple literary axiom that i follow which was this nothing revolutionary which was which was expressed by a very conservative conservative writer from the 1930s called kupa rajagopalan a very important short story writer so it is and you can say that this kind of manikodi is a it's a key magazine of the 1930s that brought out modern literature into focus in tamil and you can say that is the motto of the whole group it's a very simple in the sense that it'll say anything in life has a space in literature good good so if there is perversion in life perversion will be expressed in literature if there is sex in life it will come out in literature so so whatever you see in life can be said in literature so there is nothing is vulgar nothing is censorable nothing is not allowed it is that it is a you, you can you can argue with the motivation of the writer what is the motivation of the writer in saying this is he trying to sensationalize is he trying to sell more copies by this or is he trying to bring out life as it is so when so when writers write about all aspects of society it's obvious that some part of some part of people will be very shocked and they will not like it and i'm sure there are guardians of culture in telugu we have guardians of culture in tamil also usually they are very unhappy people you know they they look for reasons to be unhappy guardian so they want something to guard the culture from so they were unhappy when the first time a kind of a, a boy with a flexible sexual identity 
was published as a short story in Kalachode. 25 years ago, they were very unhappy with that. They thought it's very vulgar. Confused, uh, fluid sexual identity. A writer wrote about a character like that. Not defining him as a him or her. So they were very upset with that. And then through Kalachode, there was a sort of a new kind of write, woman writing in Tamil from Salma onwards, where people wrote boldly about their body and sexuality in their poems. Again, the guardians were very upset with women writing about all these things. And they threatened them. Uh, so we organized meetings. That's a very interesting documentary online called She Write. You can, you can view it and see, learn about this contracts. So we have been facing this all this time, all the time. With Brahman Brigham, it became an international affair. But all, everywhere, all the time, we have the same response that we will stand with the writer for the right to express. That we are not going to either write them or we are not going to back down by saying that we will not publish their works in the magazine or we will withdraw the book. That has always been out of question. And uh, finally, um, where do you see Kalachavadu Padipadam is going to be in the next 20 years? So, yeah, I have no such long-term plans. Um, next 20 years uh, is a very long period. Um, so it is, uh, it is, it is to, uh, you know, strengthen the space for Tamil writing, Tamil thinking, to bring into Tamil all aspects of science and culture and to make Tamil literature part of the, part of Indian literary scene, also global literary scene as far as possible. And, you know, to publish more and more books. I think that's where we, that's where we stand. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful uh, talking to you. Okay. So it has been a pleasure talking to you. I'm glad we did this. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, sir.